Welcome to our first season of the podcast, Grow From Darkness. We are your hosts, Amanda Blackwood. And Chrysanthi Dokos from Coast to Coast. As some of our listeners know, we're both survivors of complex trauma, and it's our mission to help others experiencing similar issues. This season, we're going to be digging into trauma reactions, their long-term consequences, and how we fight back to live our best lives. Oh, look, Amanda, I think it's really important because, you know, there's been some time lapsed since we last spoke that um, we just revisit the, the, the beginning of the list so that people can recall um, that avoidance is a trauma response and that um, it's, it's a way of, well, it can be adaptive, it can be a positive thing that is a protective coping mechanism or it can actually be um, maladaptive and actually bury things that at the moment that we cannot face. So um, we can I just repeat the list so that we can go from there? So the first thing on our list, if you recall, was um, escapism, drug and alcohol misuse, which we both put our hands up and said, yep, we've been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one was wishful thinking. I wish I hadn't met that person or I wish I hadn't gone to that place. And the fourth one was uh, burying our emotions instead of processing them. The other one we talked about was self-isolation where, you know, we just hunker down and do nothing with anybody else. It's just completely avoiding other people. And the number six was avoiding eye contact, if you remember. Um, We talked about that and how... That can also be a way of, um, I, I like what you said last time. You said something about you didn't want people to look in your eyes because you didn't want them to see you. That was such a powerful um, um, example of, of avoiding eye contact and, and why we do it. Then we talked about lowering the voice when speaking and you were so funny telling us how you actually use that as a way of controlling your situations with other people, particularly your husband, Kyle, I believe. (laughs) Number eight was leaving gatherings early. Following on from that, which we didn't get to last time, was number nine, making up excuses to avoid attending a social gathering. How many times have you done that? But isn't it interesting that... um, it's part of that people-pleasing that we've talked about in previous episodes. You feel like you don't have the right to say no. And it's such an awkward thing too because I've had people call me out on that bad behaviour. You don't have the bandwidth mentally, Mm. emotionally, to Mm. be able to be around other people at that exact moment in time and you don't know how to tell them, I can't be around you right now. Because it's nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you and what you're going through. And the thing is, by actually articulating that and saying it out loud to another person, you're also articulating it to yourself and saying it out loud to yourself, which means that you then have to deal with the issue. And what we're doing is avoiding the issue. (laughs) Right. Because we, we just felt like we just couldn't get out of bed. Right, right. Um, and we didn't want to say, oh, you know, Sally, sorry, I'm in bed and I, I just can't get up. Right. I don't want to change out of my pajamas. Sorry. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. But deep, deeper within that, that we're not facing, that we are actually avoiding, is that there is a deep-seated issue as to why we're in, still in our pyjamas and don't want to get out of bed. But we, we don't want to deal with that. Not being able to explain things to somebody else, mm. we should probably dig a little bit deeper and figure out why that is because you're absolutely right. It means that we're having a hard time communicating it to ourselves first. I think I started to discover that about myself several years ago when I started really um, writing and, and kind of digging into my emotions. I started this thing called free writing, if you've ever heard of it, where you sit down and you just write. And it started out where I would write about something that had bothered me and I didn't understand why. And I would start digging in and through a free writing exercise, I would eventually uncover what trauma was triggered because, you know, I have that various copious amounts of trauma in the past. Yeah. Um, I would be able to figure out which one it was related to it, how it was related and mm. what I can do to fight against it at the time. And, and that's um, so what you're doing now is explaining to our listeners um, one of the ways in which we can handle and deal with our coping mechanisms like avoidance and actually face it, deal with it, process it and heal from it, which is really cool. Thank you. Are you ready for number 10? This yes. A, I love this one because this is, oh, my gosh. This is so me. Chronic procrastination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and have, have you ever noticed that your procrastination takes on different personalities within you too? It depends on what it is that you're doing at the time and how you're coping with your procrastination, whether it's dancing or choosing to clean your bathroom because you would do literally anything other than what it is that you're trying to do. Yep. I feel a little less defeated and a little less alone now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my uni days when, um, you know, I'd have an assignment and I'd spent, like I was a real sort of goody two-shoes when it came to research and studying. I used to love reading. I used to love researching. So I'd spend weeks and weeks, you know, researching an assignment and putting all the notes together and, you know, really getting into something in, in depth. And I'd go off on tangents and and then I'd find myself the day before the assignment is due, the essay is due, it hadn't even been written. And oh, so, my gosh. You know, like I'd be panicking having to put together the assignment, do a draft one. And this was in the days when we didn't have computers, so it was all handwritten. And I remember days, you know, times when I'd be up until 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning finalizing my assignments um and do you remember we used to have that white out stuff that you know, <laughs> a mistake you'd white it out <laughs> liquid paper man i got some on my desk right now <laughs> yes. oh does that still exist does it oh it does um, i have the liquid paper and i have the paper tape okay cool yeah um <laughs> so yeah oh, I don't know what it was. I think for me was that fear of putting it in and then getting a bad mark and being told I wasn't good enough. 
Well, I think it might be directly related to what you were uh, talking about in the last episode uh, with your year 10 experience. You wrote something that you were very proud of and your teacher shot it down. Mm, So there's going to be this very real fear of failure too. You've done all this research. You've done all this hard work. You know the material inside and out. But what if they don't like it? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and there's absolute avoidance because of the fear of rejection. Yes, and for those of us who've experienced trauma, it's it's natural way to respond, isn't it? That fear of rejection. That's terrifying. It is terrifying, completely terrifying. And on this particular assignment, I just need to clarify, get brownie points. Uh, I got a high distinction for that assessment task, so... Oh, nice. The one that a specific one that I was thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're also getting high marks on your list here. Thank you. This is stuff that I didn't find in my quick uh, jot through the research realm. Oh, really? Cool. Cool. Excellent. Well, I'm pleased that I'm bringing something new to the table because, you know, I feel that your work has been much more deeper in this topic of uh, trauma than mine. Um, I feel like I've sort of just touched the surface and that you have a much deeper understanding of this. And, you know, I've been learning a lot working with you over these last several months with our podcast. And um, I'm glad that I've been able to bring something new to the table. Well, you have a ton of value that you're bringing to the podcast. You know, you've got one of the things that kind of spurred me on with wanting to learn all this stuff was when people told me that I was a subject matter expert. What they meant was that I was a subject matter expert in human trafficking because I had lived experience. But I figured Mm. if I have lived experience and that makes me a subject matter expert, then, um, maybe I should know a little bit more about the trauma side of things. And that's kind of what threw me in this direction to begin with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And since then, it's been this crazy journey. I don't know that much. I just read. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still learning. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and for me, um, my um, foray into trauma was um, really instigated or the catalyst was you know my experiences of narcissistic abuse and really coming to terms with what that meant and understanding that that was actually a pretty huge trauma in my life yeah yep so yeah it's our lived experiences that have brought us down this track isn't it yep and because of your lived experiences you are also a trauma expert Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't shortchange yourself you got what it takes lady <laughs> <laughs> right back at you right <laughs> so what was next on your list you said there were a total of 13 right yeah yeah there's there's more i can say about chronic procrastination but we can we can come back to it the last oh, you oh, want to procrastinate on that <laughs> yeah we can procrastinate on that yeah <laughs> So that was number 10. Number 11, oh, my gosh, this is so me. Cancelling plans at the last minute. Oh, I have a nervous breakdown if I think that I need to. (laughs) 
I have got very clear memories about, must have been about four years ago, five years ago. Um, <clears throat> I was lying in bed on a Sunday morning. I was meant to meet um, a friend of mine for a coffee that morning and I just couldn't literally get myself out of bed. I literally couldn't. Um, I just felt paralysed. And so I just sent her a message and told a little white line, said, oh, look, I'm really sorry, my daughter's such and such. You know, I can't remember the story that I fed her. I just can't do it today. I'm, I'm sorry. And um, she just came back to me with this most horrific response of, um, you know, how dare you, you know, you're, you're disrespectful, um, mm. you know, I need somebody who I can rely on, you can't keep treating me like this. And I just felt awful and I said, yep, that's fine, okay, so we can't be friends anymore, bye. Wow. Because I just felt like I couldn't articulate to her what was going on and so I was avoiding that conversation, but also, um, yeah, I yeah. stuffed up and cancelled at the last minute. But that that was, you know, part of how I was feeling at the time. You know, as we said last episode, we talked more about, you know, avoiding social gatherings and um, or if you do go to the social gathering, you know, avoiding real intimate conversations with people. Um, yeah, so that's a hard one. Have you have you done that much at all? Or as you said, you've just been really scared to do that? I've been, I, I think a lot of that has to do with my upbringing too. Uh, but I've been, I, that's something that I have very much avoided doing. Hey, like avoidance, uh, avoided doing all of my life. Uh, if I make a commitment to do something, come hell or high water, I'm going to do it. Hmm. And that comes all the way down to if I tell somebody that I'm going to be at some backyard barbecue where they're never even going to notice that I'm there, I'm going to go because I told them I would. But this yeah. is also where that cameo appearance comes in, where I saunter in the front door, say hello to a couple of people on my way out the back door. Yeah. You know, if I, if I make a commitment to do something, I, I have, very much sacrificed my own mental health to be mm. able to do it mm. Mm. and that's kind of sad yeah that's the people pleaser in me yeah yeah weird the way they overlap and contradict one another well yeah um it is it is and that and that's part of that trauma response that, you know, those conditioned behaviours where we are people-pleasing, we always want to, you know, we need to feel like we're perfect and, um, and and that is related to our fear of rejection if we're not perfect. But then there's this other side of us that is in total contradiction to that um, where we, we just avoid. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, when I've been in really... Um, you know, like cancelling at the last minute, that, that's when I've been at some of my lowest points. It's not something that I would do, um, you know, 
normally in my life. But when I've been feeling really absolutely like, excuse me, shit, um, <laughs> I've just, yeah, that, that, that I haven't had the energy to do anything else. But, and even the thought processes that I've had beforehand going, I can't do this. Yes, you can. I can't. No, yes, you can. I can't. No, yes, you can. And, and you're going over it and over it and over it in your mind. And I exhaust myself so much that I just, yep, sorry, can't do this now. Something's come up, you know. Yeah. And then it's it's disrespecting the other person, but it's also disrespecting me. Right. Yeah. Because you know, you're not I, listening to yourself. No. you got to listen no. to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're 20 minutes into this episode. Um, so we'll have to head into the long-term consequences and how do we fight back. But I want to finish this list first. Okay. So there's two more left. Okay. Not answering calls or texts. Oh, no. That is me up and down. Holy crap. You wouldn't believe how many phone calls I have ignored just in the last week. Um, <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> Mm. All right, so what's the next one? Because I'd like to avoid diving into de any deeper into that one. <laughs> okay, okay. The last one then, um, and you mentioned this, uh, I think, last episode, avoiding certain places at certain times. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. You know, it's amazing. I also have this issue with avoiding crowds in places. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's definitely, I think that's a, a huge avoidance thing. For a long time, I wouldn't go to uh, a church if it was a big church because I was terrified of the big crowds mm -hmm. and because churches could be a little bit triggering for me. Even now, my husband sits all the way in the very last row with me all the way in the very back um, oh, wow. because I, I can't manage sitting in large groups of people and because it just terrifies me. Mm. And he's super patient to do that, but that's absolutely avoidance. All right. So what are the long-term consequences? For the short term, avoidance can be really helpful. We've already delved into that. But research has shown that there can be a much deeper psychological trauma caused by avoidance mm -hmm. in the long term. Mm -hmm. It can do terrible things to us. Once the danger is gone, the behavior that was developed for that basic survival it can do permanent damage to us. It can hinder our recovery because it stops us from being able to rationally process the traumatic event in any kind of a healthy way. Our mm. brain stops working through trying to process the thoughts and the feelings and all that stuff. And by forcing back those emotions and avoiding those emotions, symptoms of PTSD, other symptoms become more intense. The fear grows out of control. At this point, you may have already lost interest in the things that you loved doing, and you might not even understand why. But until right at the right moment, you may not have realized that the only reason that you stopped doing something you loved, not because you didn't love it anymore, you were traumatized by something completely unrelated that mm. somehow ties back to that thing. Some of the consequences are um, becoming socially isolated when what you desperately need is social contact. You got to be around the people. It's so important. I had a conversation about this earlier today, actually, with uh, somebody going to be on their podcast. We have become 
so distant from other humans because of social media and because we think we're getting more connected, but really all we're doing is driving larger wedges between us by saying, well, I see them on Facebook all the time. I don't need to see them in person. Also, along with that social isolation, one of the consequences is dysfunctional relationships. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you can't figure out how to act around people, how are you going to uh, function with somebody in your life? Mm. Mm, exactly so you know it it causes conflicts it causes uh, misunderstandings it causes um, toxicity in your life it just adds to the trauma that you're already experiencing right that lack of communication has been the downfall of pretty much everybody's marriage that I've ever known Mm. uh, because you can't communicate with somebody who's abusive Mm-hmm. There's zero communication. You cannot commun. If you feel that you can't communicate with your spouse when you guys are having money problems, of course, money problems are going to be a big issue. Mm, exactly. They're going to end a relationship because you can't come to terms on what you need to do to work through it together. Mm-hmm. And avoiding things that you know might upset you is pretty smart to do. You know, as like uh, I tried to watch Game of Thrones. And I started having severe nightmares and flashbacks and stuff. And I told my husband, I can't do this. Uh-huh. And that's fine to not ever, you know, watch that show if I feel like that's exposing me to something that I can't deal with on my own. Mm. You know, you don't need to have that impact you in a negative way just so that you can watch a TV program. Exactly. However, not going to see any movie or TV show ever again can have an absolute detrimental effect on your social life. So when your avoidance starts to affect your ability to process your trauma or find some kind of quality in life, it definitely needs to be dealt with. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so so that's sort of really, I suppose it brings us to, you know, what are the some sort of things that we can do to actually um, support us in dealing with avoidance behaviors. And um, guess what? I've got another list of questions. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. What we got? So, you know, um, you talked about, I can't remember, was it this episode or last episode? You talked about, you talked about uh, free writing. Yes. That was a huge help for me. Yeah. So, this is, uh, it actually would be a really good way of dealing with these questions. And so the first question that you might like to ask yourself, if you find that, if you notice that you are avoiding, is why am I avoiding this? Why hmm. am I avoiding this? And just doing some free writing in, in response to that question. Um, and the next question here is like, how long do I plan to avoid? Oh, mm, that's an interesting one, isn't it? So, and that, that again, doing some free writing around that would be yeah. really interesting um, in, in developing that self-awareness. Right. And that self-awareness is super important because avoidance isn't something that you can just stop doing cold turkey. Exactly. You can't just say, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know? Exactly. It doesn't exactly. work that way. No, it doesn't. And so, like, for example, um, you know, we talked about um, drug and alcohol abuse or misuse, and I, I said, yeah, put my hand up to that. Um, you know, 
I spent about two years in this sort of drug state and I got to the end of that and I started asking myself these questions, to be honest, um, and, and I did go cold turkey and it was so damn hard. It was so damn hard. It really messed with me. But um, obviously I'm out the other end of that and in a much, much better place. So um, asking yourself those questions is so important if you actually want to make a change. You yes. have to. You have to. So then the third question is, when was the last time I completed the behaviour instead of avoiding it? Oh. Now that's an interesting question. Why do you find that interesting? Oh, that one's fascinating. I mean... Which one was the one that I reacted to the most strongly? The avoiding of phone calls, right? Mm -hmm. When was the last time I took a phone call? The second you asked that question, my brain went to, I don't remember. Oh, really? It has been so long since I have just picked up my phone when it rang that I genuinely do not remember the last time I answered the phone. Interesting. If it's a phone call I'm expecting, I don't count that. Yeah. But if somebody just calls me, it goes straight to voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's it. That's that that obviously raises um a whole lot of issues that if you're free writing around this question can help you understand a bit more about your behaviors. So the next question is, how does my avoidance make me feel? Mm, like a bad friend because my, <laughs> my people are calling me and I'm not answering the phone. I'm sorry, Colette. <laughs> yeah. So, again, it's, it, it's creating that self-awareness. It's allowing yourself to, you know, be real, be authentic with yourself and be vulnerable with yourself. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I never even realized that my not answering the phone was a trauma response. I always mm -hmm. figured it was because I hated being on the phone. I mm -hmm. was a telemarketer when I was 18. I worked in call centers and they have burned me out on talking mm -hmm. on the phone. So maybe it's a combination mm -hmm. of both, but it I can absolutely be. see this as being an avoidance because it's, um, it's a trauma response. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what to expect from this conversation, so I'm just not going to have it. Exactly. It's too threatening. Yep. Yeah. You want to stay safe, and that's the whole thing about avoidance is wanting to maintain safety. Yeah. And the last oh, this two... podcast has been good for me. <laughs> <laughs> the last two questions to ask yourself is how does my avoidance impact others? Mm -hmm. So actually thinking about, you know, what's the impact on people around me? And the last one is whose idea is it for me to avoid this? So is it a learned response? Is it um, something that has um, resulted because of a specific incident? Um, 
and why really why am I still doing this what what's the issue so you're, you're having to really delve deeply and I think one of the difficult things when um, we are survivors of you know extreme trauma asking these difficult questions challenges us at the very core of who we are the very essence of who we are and we have to start um, addressing some pretty challenging issues and we need support around that so I suppose my my last takeaway for this is um, ensure when you're doing this if you decide to go down this track of you know facing these subordinates behaviors do it with somebody else, find a supportive person, whether that be a counsellor, um, a psychologist, a, a therapist, um, a good friend, a partner. Yeah. It's important to do it with somebody else because it's hard work to do it on your own. Absolutely. And if somebody does decide to go see a therapist, there is something called exposure therapy now that can help you to fight avoidance too. Um, it can generally help to decrease the sense of fear and mm. learn new mental and physical associations with an object or a place or something that you've done or seen. Um, the basic steps of exposure therapy can be, form be performed while you're at home and you're alone, but it's safe, safer and better to get started with a therapist who's well-trained in the practice. Mm, absolutely. Well, I think we've come to the end of this episode, have we? I believe we have. I think this is a well-rounded two-part episode. This is uh, this is pretty awesome. I like Fantastic. it. Well, it's been great again, Amanda, talking with you. You know, this is one of my favourite times of um, my weeks when we get together. So thank you again and thank you, everyone, for listening and looking forward to talking to you next time about um, people-pleasing. I think that's where we're next, aren't we? Yes, people pleasing. Ooh, that was brought up a couple of times in, in this week and the previous episode. And this is a constant theme. So it's a good thing we're addressing it early on in these trauma reactions because people are already hearing about it. Yep. All right. Ciao for now. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. You can find out more about Growth from Darkness through the website www.growthfromdarkness.com. You can also learn more through the Facebook page, which can be found at facebook.com forward slash growth from darkness. Thank you.